unique thing about healthcare is that, you know, things can change in the blink of an eye, right? I was healthy until I wasn't. And then I was a 23 year old with stage four cancer. Like it's not important until it is. And so to help members be able to utilize their benefits in that time of need is crucial. So I'm pleased today to be here with Dylan Slattery. He is the CEO of Excel Health Plans. Welcome, Dylan. Thanks for having me. You know, you have a, a bit of a unique origin story, which uh, maybe didn't necessarily start in the best place, but uh, knock on wood seems like has, uh, you know, moved in the right direction. So maybe we can start with that and, and kind of go from there. Yeah, so my, my story is definitely... Uh... I feel like everybody kind of falls into the benefit space. Nobody sets out to, uh, to, to go into employee benefits, but, um, yeah, my story is really that, uh, you know, growing up, I'm from small town, Northeast Iowa, uh, where my, my mom was the youngest of 12. I'm one of 41, uh, great, uh, grandkids on my mom's side. So, uh, family was, was everything. And, uh, you know, in my backyard essentially was the field of dreams. So I'm a huge baseball guy and, uh, love, uh, watching the Cubs, but uh, yeah, in my 20s, I was going to school at the uh, University of Northern Iowa uh, after I had kind of hung up the cleats on the baseball diamond and uh, hadn't really faced a whole lot of adversity other than on the baseball field. And uh, um, I was pursuing a degree in education and, and economics. And in my last semester of college, I was diagnosed with melanoma, had surgery at 22, and then um, between my two diagnoses was in a uh, was in a fatal car accident where I lost a high school classmate of mine and then nine months after that was diagnosed stage four melanoma again after my after my initial surgery and so it was a wake-up call to say the least um, I spent hours upon hours in the hospital I was part of a uh, blind two-part trial uh, study so Everything that I did was actually immunotherapy rather than traditional chemo, where the difference is that instead of an outside source attacking the cancer as cancer, uh, immunotherapy kind of retrains your immune system to recognize the cancer as cancer and instead of letting it grow. After that, I got asked to do some motivational speaking around my, my cancer story and journey. And one thing led to another, found myself in a sales position and uh, a friend of mine, now my business partner at Excel, uh, reached out to me and was like, hey, one of the vendors in the industry is looking for a sales rep on the west side, west part of the country. And so my, my foray into benefits was through the RX or the pharmaceutical side of things. And we were helping people enroll in patient assistance programs that are out there. And uh, one of which was actually the drug that saved my life. And... Um, so I, I realized that there was a market opportunity out there because there's all these creative solutions coming into the healthcare space because of the amount of waste, fraud, and overspend that exists. You know, as we're approaching almost $5 trillion in spend as a country in that space, they say that almost 40% uh, of it could be accounted for in terms of waste, fraud, and overspend. So even just trimming off a little bit of that fat can go a long ways. And so... I was talking to Mike, my now business partner, and I was like, you know, these benefits consultants, even if they know how to do these solutions and make them all work together, they're just not for small clients because it's not worth their time, energy, and resources to build a house from scratch for, you know, an employer with only 15 or 20 lives. And so 
that's kind of the, the foray into Excel health plans is that uh, we saw the necessity in the market and, and built something to address it. So is your solution sort of maybe taking some things that have been able to be done with larger groups and bringing it down to smaller groups or is there you know something else some sort of special sauce that you're bringing to the table that's totally unique that allows you to service that group or those types of groups excuse me yeah i would say both and um so the benefit of of self-funding so you really kind of have two silos in terms of how you approach employee benefits you have fully insured or you have self-funding level funded would kind of be somewhere in between but it still carries all of those self-funded principles um, and so it's really self-funding is you're taking control of the, the healthcare spend of your, of your health plan rather than sending a fixed amount of money out the door every month, not knowing where those dollars are going in terms of claims, and then having nothing to support why you're getting a 5, 10, 15, 20% renewal the next year because now that the, the data is the carriers and they don't have to share it with you. Um, so by moving to this model, it automatically increases the transparency and then once you have transparency, like anything, you can't control what you don't know. But once you have the data, you can say, now we have five diabetics on the health plan. What if we gotten them access to free testing supplies so that they don't end up in the ER? Or And so what our health plan does at its core is really gives members a choice and brings those free market principles to healthcare where they haven't really existed before. Big area of back and forth over the last few few years as technology is coming to the insurance market is, you know, do you go around the brokers and the agents or do you go through them? And so sounds like you're looking to uh, more go through them than try to go around them. So, you know, how did you kind of make that strategic decision and how has that played out for you? Yeah, I think it's, I think the value of a good benefit consultant is is um, definitely underappreciated in the market because there's so many, I'll just say poor ones. You know, if you're only seeing a benefit consultant at renewal and open enrollment, maybe uh, you, you probably should look elsewhere <laughs> um, because I would say so many of the consultants that we come across are I'll say order takers and not consultants, you know, they're just doing what they're told and they never push back. They think that if they push back at all, they're going to get fired by the client. Um, but at the end of the day, if you're a consultant, um, you should bring value and, and know some blind spots, know some things that the employer doesn't about their benefits and what they should be considering. Um, and not just, you know, take a, take an order and, and come back with a price. If, if that's all they're doing, then, then certainly that can be replaced. But if they're really bringing a consulting type relationship to the table, um, I, I think it's perhaps one of the most important business relationships you can have right up there with your accountant and your attorney. Are, are you providing any tools that kind of help them become a better um, consultant or enable them to become more like advisors as opposed to just order takers? Yeah, it's definitely a shift in mindset. Um, I would say it's it's a challenge to get consumers to think 
um, differently. So really what we've had to do is, is train the brokers to then train the employers and also train the employees on how to use and navigate a health plan that's a little bit different than what they're used to. Um, but I, I think it first starts with a mindset shift around um, the re one of the biggest reasons why employers um, don't make a change is because they don't think there's anything that can be done. I guess going beyond you know, what you're doing, you have a lot of insights into the industry as a whole and kind of the, the breaking point that a lot of these things are hitting just in terms of you know, household income and cash flow and what people can can handle at this point. So, you know, where do you see the industry headed? The ramifications on our country in general. I mean, Warren Buffett describes healthcare as the tapeworm of the economy and the tapeworm one is what he's famous for saying because, you know, they, they threw a lot of money at this problem uh, with, with Amazon and, and Chase a couple years back and kind of came back and said, we, we don't know how to fix this thing. Um, I think you're going to see healthcare uh, as an industry take a similar path, like I said before, to the financial services industry about 10, 15 years ago, where there were class action lawsuits, um, because now uh, with the CAA that passed uh, employers have the fiduciary responsibility to their employees to provide um, these these benefits at a fair cost and so you're going to start to see some arguments around well what truly is fair cost um, are these networks really doing any favors for their for their patients and clients um, or are they serving their shareholders so if you were to, to kind of look ahead you know, are there areas that, you know, you might make predictions around for the sort of uh, short to midterm? Yeah, I think the biggest change that we're starting to see on the front lines is probably a, um, <clears throat> a push back to uh, focus on, on primary care. There's a shortage of primary care in pretty much everywhere outside of like metro areas. So any form of rural area, there tends to be a shortage in primary care right now, almost without exception. So I think the increase in technology to be able to bring um, primary care to rural patients, even if they don't have physical access to primary care, um, is going to be huge. All right, great. Well, thanks for that. Uh, Dill, is there anything we didn't cover that you'd like to touch on before we wrap up? The only other thing I would say, and, and it's a whole nother can of worms, but I think, you know, in terms of what's the alternative, if we're talking about single payer, um, I, I would be scared to death of it. I think my fear is that if this thing goes any further, you know, probably eight to 10 years out, if I had to put a timeline on it, is employers, patients, uh, citizens are going to get so desperate that um, single payer government controlled healthcare might uh, might be more of a, of, a, of a thing. But you know what we've seen in Canada and some of the other countries, there's now a shortage and people can't get into the doctors and they're now consuming healthcare in the United States uh, and paying for it in the United States. 
so that they can get access rather than waiting and not getting access yeah. in the country that they live in. So, um, yeah, I would just say the uh, fixing the problem here is, I think, a better solution than the alternative that would be uh, government controlled single payer. All right, great. Well, appreciate those insights and to your business and the industry as a whole. Dylan Slattery, CEO of XL Health Plans. Thanks for being on. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me.